Hi, this is Colin McCallan. Thank you for listening. Please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you. Welcome to Is This Legal? Here are your hosts, attorneys Colin McCallan and Russell Hevitz. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Is This Legal? My name is Russell Hebbets. I am here with my partner in crime, Colin McCallan. Hello. Today, we are going to be having a conversation about Tesla and how the new technology that that company is bringing to market interacts with our current system of laws. Electric vehicles in general and Tesla in particular, have shown incredible growth in recent years. It's almost like you can't drive down the street without seeing one now, you know? And for good reason. In 2021, Colin, Tesla specifically delivered over 1 million vehicles worldwide. Wow. That was a staggering 87% increase from their numbers in 2020. By 2030, it's projected that there will be more than 4 million electric vehicles in California alone. Wow. With, Colin, new technology comes new and interesting legal issues that our listeners get to hear about on interesting podcasts like... Is this legal? Yes. Um, I mean, it's kind of like Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. What Uh, a great quote that is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're dealing with here, right? I think that is, right? So, well, the question is... Did I say Superman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) Spider-Man doesn't have any cool quotes like that. And by the way, Spider-Man... I mean, Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Up up and away. (laughs) Does he even say that? No, I don't. Or is that Tony the Tiger? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's uh, definitely not. They're Tony. great. That's what he says. <laughs> no, I think that's what Superman says. Oh, great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so moving on. So, what we're going to talk about is liability for driving while utilizing autopilot, such as the systems that Tesla offers. We're also later going to be talking about whether Tesla, as a company, does and should bear any criminal liability because there have been accidents, Colin. It would be nice if we had a case uh, for which to put this in context, Russ. So so no one can see me, but my hand's raised. Uh, uh, let me call on... Me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I know, I know. Russ? Yes, yes, thank you. Um, I've been wanting to tell you about this. There, there is a case right now pending out of L.A. County, California, Involving a guy by the name of Kevin George Aziz Riyad. He is a 27-year-old man. He was in a Model S while it was in autopilot mode. He exited the freeway, or rather the car exited the freeway, ran a red light, and struck a Honda, killing the Honda's two occupants. The DA in L.A. County has filed vehicular manslaughter charges. That is a felony. And that is the first felony ever charged in a case like this. Mr. Riyadh has pled not guilty and the case is scheduled for preliminary hearing on the 23rd of this month. Colin, tell us about the charges in this case. Um, I am, I'm going to real quick, just to supplement what you just said, uh, which, uh, which is totally the case. But with regard to that autopilot, uh, we're actually using autopilot with a capital A. This is Tesla's autopilot 
software. We're not using the term autopilot in the general uh, way we would use like, oh, you're flying an airplane on autopilot. I mean, this is actually a system that Tesla uses that um, reduces some of the workload that a driver will have to undergo while they're operating their car. Um, so, but coming back to the charges, um, you know, every state, of course, has different uh, ways that they charge these things. Here's what the penal code in California says about vehicular manslaughter. So this is what Mr. Riyadh is charged with. Uh, so this is vehicular manslaughter. This is a felony. Uh, for you to be able to prove, to, to be guilty of vehicular manslaughter in this way, the prosecutor has to prove this. They have to prove that while driving a motor vehicle, uh, the offender committed a misdemeanor or infraction or else committed a lawful act in such a manner that might cause death, um, and that the act was committed uh, in a way that was dangerous to human life under the circumstances, and that the person acted with gross negligence and caused the death with, of another person. So break, break that down in layman's terms. In, in layman's terms, when we're talking about gross negligence, we're kind of talking about like a reckless standard. It's something above beyond uh, mere negligence. Um, you're, you're saying that the person grossly neglected the safety of someone else and, and led to that person's death. So it's more than mere carelessness. That's correct. It's definitely not intentional, though. I mean, obviously, right. no one is saying that this man intended on causing this accident and, and causing these deaths. Of course, that, that's the tragic nature of this. But, but they are saying that his culpability rose above mere, mere normal negligence. So, so let's just briefly talk about, you know, this case is not unique. There are NHTSA, which is National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has sent investigation teams to 26 different crashes involving Tesla autopilot since 2016. Of those 26 crashes, there have been at least 11 deaths. And what makes, I think, I think you said this, but as was very important, the facts of this case, at the time of this accident, these NHTSA investigators who were deployed to investigate this, they, con they did confirm that the autopilot feature was in fact engaged at the time of this accident. Of course, so, so what we're going to be talking about in all of this is, okay, well, if, if there is an automated self-driving component to this car, and it was engaged at the time of this accident, then what, if any, criminal liability does uh, Mr. Riyadh have as the driver of that car who was behind the wheel? Right, because if I'm, if I'm Mr. Riyadh's attorney, I'm sitting here saying, listen, he bought a vehicle and paid extra for autopilot. Right. Okay? He was using autopilot, which was sold and was billed as something that... Helps him drive. I mean, can we talk about the name autopilot? <laughs> Russ, when you hear the word autopilot, uh, do, do you think that there's someone behind the wheel or do you think there, there might be some automation involved? I, I, I would almost think that auto is short for automatic <laughs> right. and pilot seems like the person who is directing the vehicle. So it sure sounds like something where it is driven automatically. Right, right. So the defense here, Colin, is going to center around that mens rea or that standard that the DA has to prove, which is gross negligence, right? Right. You know, so the prosecutor in this case, the, you know, the, the district attorney's office bringing the charge, and this is being filed by the uh, Los Angeles County District Attorney, um, they need to prove that Mr. Riyadh 
was not only negligent. I mean, when, when I say negligent, what am I talking about? Negligent, a classic example is if I'm driving down the road, maybe I'm changing my CD or, or looking at my phone. <laughs> changing your CD. <laughs> my car doesn't even have a CD player I mean, That's anymore. a throwback <laughs> car you have, though. So, yeah, if, if I'm changing my streaming device, let's bring it up to 2022. Um, and I look down and I look up and I rear end the car in front of me. Okay. That is... That's a, that's a pretty good example of negligence. Okay. I, I did something, I was careless, right? right. I was, I was negligent in my actions. Okay. Now, now in this case, vehicular assault, a vehicular, well, vehicular homicide, vehicular manslaughter. They're saying that this was gross negligence on the part of Mr. Riyadh, that this was beyond that kind of looking down at your phone for a minute and seeing what's going on. They're basically saying his driving behavior, the speeds in which he was traveling, uh, the, the manner in which he proceeded through the red light, all of those things are saying were under his control. And but for his reckless driving, uh, these two people would still be alive. And, you know, what, of course, the elephant in the room in the case like this is, well, how reckless can he be if the car is actually driving itself? If the right. car is even even if it's not fully automated, if, if there are some controls that are being self-automated by the car then what could Mr. Riyadh have done to avoid this accident? Well, and, and autopilot, automated driving is automation that controls steering, speed, and braking. Like those are, those are pretty much like if we're making a recipe here, you know, that that's the bulk of <laughs> it. You know, cake, right? <laughs> exactly. Things going to rise. <laughs> Maybe we're missing a little <laughs> flash in the frosting or something, but, but that's, that's the bulk of it. Right. And, and if I'm, if I'm a criminal defense attorney, you know, based on what we know about this case, that's, you know, that's out there in the press, I'm thinking to myself, this is great. I mean, I like the, 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 the victim's family are currently suing Tesla. Uh, and and we're we're going to talk about that on the other uh, half of is this legal? But you know the the people who have actually lost loved ones in this accident are suing Tesla and claiming that Tesla bears some responsibility for this. So I'm trying to deflect as much as possible away from my client and say, listen, if anybody's criminally responsible, how about the makers of the car that took off on my client during autopilot? And we'll talk about that later. But like going back to it, you know what you said a minute ago, what we know so far. Because we don't know a lot. That's right. Right? We don't have a lot of information. Because to prove that gross negligence, it has to be more than, like you said, looking down at a phone. Some examples of this are there have been some other cases involving Teslas. There have been cases where the police pull over a car where a guy is in the back seat <laughs> right. of his Tesla. <laughs> that and, was hilarious. Right? And yeah, the, a guy's just in the back of his just Tesla. Just chilling in the back seat. Yep. Tesla's his crossword <laughs> and the Tesla's taking her to work. He wasn't in an accident, by the way. Right? He just got pulled he over. He just got pulled over. Over. But, uh, you know, that sent but, a lot right, of people found out about that. Right. Upset. Yeah. So that's an example of gross negligence. You have, there's another case that actually was charged in uh, Arizona, woman named uh, Rafaela Vasquez, where she was charged with negligent homicide, where they could show she was streaming a show on Hulu for 26 minutes. And that's what she was watching as her, it was, it wasn't a Tesla, it was an Uber with automation. But for that, Okay, they have evidence that she's literally she's watching a show right. for 26 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see because we don't have the information. So we don't know, but but it's a pretty high standard for them to prove that gross negligence that they charged in this case. Speaking of this case, <clears throat> this case is currently pending. Mr. Riyadh has pled not guilty to the two charges of vehicular manslaughter. 
and his case is set for preliminary hearing on February 23rd, 2022. Uh, preliminary hearing, is, we're in the very early stages of this case. This is an opportunity for his defense team to have a preliminary hearing is essentially a mini trial to determine whether or not there's probable cause for these charges to go forward. Um, I would expect this case to go to preliminary hearing. Um, We'll we'll have to find out whether or not it does. A a judge could possibly dismiss the charges if he feels like there's not enough evidence in the case that amount to probable cause that a crime was committed. But uh, of course, we'll wait and see what happens on the 23rd. And if anyone wants a primer on preliminary hearings, we covered it extensively in the uh, Morphew podcast. Mm. So murder without a body. That case, we that was at the preliminary hearing stages, and we kind of laid it out there. So, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard that, but if you haven't, <laughs> go, go, check it out. Go, go check it out. So um, I think what we're going to do is take a break to play Is This Legal with our podcast guest, but on the other side of uh, the game show, we are going to get into a little bit more of the civil liability issues regarding Tesla regarding this driver. And we'll kind of talk about, uh, I don't know, this is a pretty interesting topic. We'll talk more about our thoughts on it as we go. So we will be back after we play. Is this legal? Our guest this week is Philip Rulier. Philip grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee as the eldest boy in a family of five brothers. He quickly asserted himself as the godfather of the Rulier sibling familia. He played college soccer at Lincoln Memorial University in Tennessee, and after graduation, took his talents to Nashville, the music city. That is fitting because he's a very talented musician. He's an amateur bassist and an avid shower singer. He's also, wait for it, folks, an expert goat tackler. I'm going to go ahead and say there's a story behind that one, and maybe if we ask him nicely, he'll share it. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thanks. Hi, Phil. How you Thanks, doing, man? Russell. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate it. It's great to be on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Excited Oof. to be part of the show. Awesome, we finally awesome. picked up. <laughs> That's right. I've been trying for months. <laughs> well, we we we've been on the other line, man. I mean, please, <laughs> we're talking to everybody 24-7. So I'm glad we could finally uh, get you into the call center. Yeah, we're right. On. And what? And what an introduction, Russell. Thank you uh, so much. So there is a story behind the uh, the expert go tackler. So really quick, run you through it, uh, just to give the listeners some context. So when I was a kid, uh, my mom took me to this, uh, it was her salon, but I got my hair cut there. And it was out in the country, out, out, out on a farm. And it just so happened that this the woman who owned the farm cut hair. So she had this goat farm. So I was over there one time waiting for my turn to get my hair cut and the goats got loose and everyone was running around yelling, the goats are loose. So everyone's wrangling around. I'm just sitting there because I'm 12. and I'm just like, okay. And someone points and they say, oh no, get that goat. This goat's <laughs> sprinting up the hill towards me, by the way, but there's a road behind me. I mean, it's a major highway. So this goat's definitely getting creamed. So I just <laughs> run right up to it and I tackle it. Now I want to make it clear to the listeners: I only tackled the goat one time, but I did it expertly. And, and it was in defense of the goat because I mean, right. I thought I thought we were going to correctly. No goats were injured. No in goats were injured. Uh, rescuing of this goat. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I thought we were going to have the PETA folks just breathing down our neck here, but I mean, you might get an award here. Phil. More than we do already. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well done. Thanks. Wait, do you know the goat's name? I never got his name. 
Oh man, you if should you name had, him. If you had to name him, Phil, what I mean, would the goat's name be? Billy. It's gotta be Billy. What else yeah. could it be? Right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's a great right. story. Um, I mean, it sounds like you're really, really good at tackling goats, but uh, uh, I, I think the question that we all want to know is, are you really good at playing? Is this legal? Right. Uh, so, Phil, you're a longtime listener. You know how this works, but to, but to uh, review for our listeners here, um, you are about to become a contestant. We are about to present a fictional, hypothetical, legal situation and ask you about your views on it, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss whether or not you get this right or wrong. So, Phil, are you ready to play some Is This Legal? I am ready, Colin. All right. Well, <clears throat> here's what we got for you. Um, I think you're familiar probably with our friend Jebediah, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he is back to it. He's back to his shady ways. Uh, he decides that he wants to make a quick buck by selling some drugs. The only problem for Jebediah is that he has no drugs to sell. However, his mother left behind a pound of oregano the last time she visited his old double wide. And a light bulb goes off into his head. And he starts packaging the oregano in one ounce bags and sells them to customers telling them that it's marijuana. So he sells a bag to his old nemesis, Cornelius, telling him that it is weed. And he gladly accepts $50 for this bag of oregano from Cornelius. Now, Cornelius is so excited that he rolls up a joint right there of that oregano and starts smoking it right there in the strip mall. The problem, though, is that Officer Myrtle happens to be on scene there looking for shoplifters, and she sees this smoky haze coming from Cornelius's car. She approaches him, and she asks Cornelius what he is doing. Thinking that he has just gotten high, Cornelius says, well, I'm smoking some weed. And he produces the said bag of oregano, which Officer Myrtle confiscates. Officer Myrtle smells the bag and realizes that it is oregano and not marijuana. So, Phil, your question, can Officer Myrtle charge Cornelius with possession of marijuana? Wow, what a scenario. Well, first of all, I just want to say at this point, why is Cornelius trusting Jebediah anymore after all they've been through? <laughs> I, it's um, like Lucy with the football, right? It's I bizarre. Mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It, yeah, Lucy it is bizarre. Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, okay, I would so, agree with that. So Jebediah is at some some capacity committing fraud. Cornelius is the uh, unfortunate target of that fraud. I'm I'm going to say Officer Myrtle cannot charge cornelius with possession because that was the question right can she be charged that's with right possession, possession of, marijuana? of marijuana well yes. i mean at the at the base of this case i would think there is no marijuana in in the possession of cornelius so she cannot charge him even if he thinks it's like that office episode where uh michael michael scott tries to frame toby with the marijuana it ends up being a crazy salad i think it's the same <laughs> type of thing um yeah uh, I'm gonna say philip, no. philip you are Correct. Woohoo! You you nailed it, Phil. Like you you nailed it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, there was there was no no marijuana to be possessed, so you can't be charged with possession of marijuana. Here's the follow-up. The follow-up is could he be charged with attempted 
possession of marijuana. Yes. Here's a little more language for our listeners. Attempt means that you took a substantial step toward the commission of the crime, but you didn't actually fully commit the crime. But the, 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 the legal term is, did the person take a substantial step toward the commission of the crime? What do you think, Phil? So at the time he, at the time Cornelius takes the supposed marijuana from Jebediah, in his mind, he is purchasing marijuana. So there's the intention of purchasing marijuana. So I'm going to say, yes, he can be charged with that second. I, I mean, Phil, are, are you a lawyer? Yeah, I think this guy a law degree. Right. Or or have you just listened to a lot of his this legal episodes? <laughs> Guys, I've I've listened to every episode. I know I know this stuff back, back when he, I mean, he he even got extra credit for recognizing that Jebediah is guilty of fraud, which we right. didn't even ask him. No, that's I mean, something like, we we actually discussed that among ourselves. So I mean Yeah, that wasn't even one of his questions. So man, this is a, like a 10 out of 10. If, right. if I could give you 11, I'd give you 11. Um, Thanks, so guys. Phil, well done, man. You uh you definitely uh got your legal chops. So um Phil, let's uh is there anybody that you'd like to give a shout out to? Anybody, anything you'd like to plug before we wrap it up with you? Yeah, I just want to say hi to my beautiful wife, Victoria. Victoria, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> she, she better be listening. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe maybe you should tell her about this episode that you're on and how good you're doing. She, oh, I mean, I'm definitely going to. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this bragging is, rights. The, this is also part of the just fringe benefits of having a guy with uh, four brothers and a big family on the show because we just get that many extra listens. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Phil, how about this? Let, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, which of your brothers do you think we're going to have on the show? Which of your brothers is most likely to not get the is this legal answer correct? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to say all of, I, I want to just say all of my brothers are very avid debaters, but mm. I would say the youngest John would probably be the weakest just because huh. of lack of like life experience. OK, OK. So, yeah, Did you John, hear that, sorry, John? You're, John, we're coming for out. you next time, John. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Thanks so much for being on. We really enjoyed having you. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Colin. Thank you, Phil. Welcome back, everyone. So we left off after talking about the criminal charges. So we're going to kind of move into whether there's potential civil liability for Tesla. And, And by the way, before we get into that, Colin, there could be criminal liability for Tesla. There could be. And, you know, it's really, really rare that you see officers of corporations get uh, criminally uh, responsible. A lot of it's going to be dependent on what they knew. Uh, oh, Russ, Russ, someone's got his hand raised. Uh, Russ, Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for calling on me. I had a case where I represented a large corporation in a criminal case for a fire code violation. And this was basically the fire marshal decided that they thought they had a fire code violation in a building, and they served a criminal complaint upon the first person that they could find that was local in this big company. I represented the company, and it was, it was ridiculous. It was like 
it was like musical chairs with who was going to come. Cause I needed someone, I needed a representative of this company yeah. to be there in court. And, and I'm sure you had <laughs> just no shortage of people who were willing to line up and accept criminal responsibility right, right, right. for the company that they worked for. Exactly. There were, there were literally no volunteers because you're <laughs> sitting there and like, it has a chance of jail. I right. mean, they judge wasn't going to impose jail, but like whoever's sitting there could end up in jail for this corporation. Cause as I think Mitt Romney famously said, a corporation is a person too. Right. You know, and, and at the moment, no one from Tesla has been charged with any crimes. Honestly, I'm not anticipating that that's going to happen in this case, just because that is somewhat rare. But um, let's talk about Tesla, because I went to their website and, you, you know, the listener can go check this out as well. And I'm, I, I, I went to the autopilot and full self-driving capability page. <laughs> full, full self-driving. Yeah, autopilot and full self-driving capability. They have a whole tab on it. They have a ton of information. And listen to this quote, Russ. When used properly, autopilot, again, autopilot with a capital A, this is their program. Autopilot reduces your overall workload as a driver. That's right here on the website. This is, I think this is a problem for Tesla. The fact that they're, they're I mean, they're, they're describing their technology and it does what it does. But in the context of this, they're literally saying you as a driver, you don't have to work hard. You've got less responsibilities with autopilot. You don't have to manage your speed as much. This thing's going to have a bunch of safety features. I mean, I, I don't know how many cameras the Tesla has on it. It's, it's what it's a lot it's like 12, something like that, at least uh, just all over the thing. And you know, the, 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 it's cutting edge technology. I mean, I'm not knocking Tesla. It's amazing what this company has been able to do, uh, to advance safety metrics in cars. And I, I give them credit for it, but as it relates specifically to autopilot, they are advertising this as saying, you don't have to work as hard. We're going to take off some of the burden. And the reason that's important is I believe that is an admission on their part that, look, we're, we're helping you drive your car. But are, are they saying you don't need to be fully engaged in driving? No. Okay, so that's only half the story. So I read you that quote. But I will, t- in, in all fairness, I mean, all over uh, this, this website, there is additional language. Um, and, you know, for, for example... Uh, this is right from the website. Autopilot and full self-driving capability <laughs> are intended for use with a fully attentive driver who has their hands on the wheel and is prepared to take over at any moment. While these features are designed to become more capable over time, the currently enabled features do not make the vehicle autonomous. So what they're saying here is there, I mean, I think they're saying both things. I think they're saying, hey, we've got this really, really slick car. It can drive by itself. It's really, really safe. It's going to protect you if, if you don't want to exert full influence over the car. But they're also saying, but, but you still got to be, pay attention. You, you have to be ready. You have to have your hands on the wheel. According to their website, <clears throat> Um, when autopilot is engaged, there's going to be a flashing note to the driver saying you must keep your hands on the wheel. So the driver presumably knows that this isn't fully automated. Well, but the technology's there, Russ, and right. that's the problem. So a couple, couple things on that. So first, the reason why 
you had to go <laughs> to that website and hit that tab, which is presumably what any journalist or any investigator would have to go to, is because once crashes started happening, Tesla disbanded its media relations department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you used to be able to call and talk to someone who is a media relations expert. Uh, they decided, we don't really want to answer <laughs> your questions anymore, so we're going to go ahead and do that. And they actually said since those crashes began, they updated their software to try to make it harder for drivers to abuse it. So that's what you're talking about with that flashing notice saying, hey, be attentive, keep your hands on the wheel. Um, So what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, Colin, is even though they do these things, even though they have these warnings, even though their website says it has to be a fully attentive driver, you think that they are incurring some potential liability just by mere the the fact that they say it's taking some of the driver's workload is that right 100 percent. so 100 i so, agree with that so let's let's just take another example in the automotive industry and say cruise control because cruise control while it may not say i'm taking some of your responsibilities clearly it does you can get on the highway and in any car that was bought in the last 20 years, you can set your cruise control to 65 or 70 and then take your foot off the gas, kick your leg out, stretch it out. And the car is taking some of the driver's responsibility. So in that scenario, if you have a crash while you're using cruise control, is GM or Ford liable then? That's an interesting point. And, and I think it's a fair point, but I also think it's a very distinguishable point from what we got going on here, because you just said it yourself, Russ. You set the cruise control. You're the one as the driver who decides what, uh, I guess, what speed to set it at, how to engage it, how to disengage it. All of those decisions are made by the driver. Um, in this particular case, we've got decisions that are being made by the car. I mean, we are yeah. literally talking about automated decisions, speed control. Uh, braking assistance, steering control. I mean, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at the website again right now. These are the features from auto, for autopilot. This is what they're called: auto park, auto lane change, navigate on autopilot, summon. You can summon your car with your key fob, where it will literally drive to you uh, unmanned. I think that's a far cry from uh, from cruise control. I think it's a good point, but I, I think in this particular case, what we're saying is b- because Tesla is by its own admission, saying that we actually retain some of the con- controls that are automated, the, the, the cars making these decisions, I think that makes it different. Well, I tell you, you I, I didn't realize you could summon your car remotely. That right there is like the poster child of car maker liability. Because right. if your Tesla runs over someone on its way to you when you hit a button and said, come pick me up, at that point, hey, Tesla is saying our car is safe to drive to you, and that in that scenario, liability falls there. That reminds me of uh, of um, Batman, the Michael Keaton movie, the first one. Yep, when he's got right. that really sweet remote control, and he tells the Batmobile, yeah. uh, I, "I don't remember what he said." I mean, he controls the thing with remote control though, and he's like, "It stop," and it just stops on a dime. 
That's pretty cool. I wonder if uh, Elon Musk uh, was channeling Batman when he uh, when he came up with this thing. I feel like he was channeling Knight Rider. <laughs> like, hel- <laughs> hello, Michael. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Would Michael have gotten in criminal liability if uh, if Kit? Kit I think it was Kit. Kit yeah, Kit got in an accident. I don't know. I think we never got to that episode. <laughs> um. So so let let's talk about because there there are some civil suits going on that have named Tesla. So we're talking about Tesla's liability. The family of the deceased in the Riyadh case have filed suit both against Riyadh and against Tesla. And so two suits, one against Tesla, one against the defendant in the criminal case. And it's really interesting their wording on it because in their suit against Tesla, they allege that the car, and I'm quoting here, suddenly and unintentionally accelerated to an excessive, unsafe, Unsafe and uncontrollable speed. speed uncontrollable uncontrollable speed that means the driver was not able not to able. control the speed of the vehicle and tesla is therefore liable so right. that's what i was referring to earlier in their civil suit the victims of this case are almost acknowledging that mr riyadh was not 100 at fault for this and and this is why if anyone out there is filing suits make sure your civil attorney is Really coordinating <laughs> with with, the criminal, with the criminal case or even the other civil case because they're saying yeah. in this suit it was uncontrollable and then in the other suit they're saying yep he was unsafe an unsafe driver who had multiple right. moving infractions and couldn't handle the high performance Tesla and, but which was traveling at an uncontrollable speed right right like they're riding two horses they are it, th- those we are talked about that in the last podcast it's really really hard super to do. hard to <laughs> do got two sets of legs <laughs> so um yeah i i mean if i'm the defense attorney um honestly my opening statement is going to be to point to this lawsuit that the victims are saying and say first of all you know they're that they want to recover a large sum of money right and they are even admitting that this guy wasn't responsible. They're suing Tesla. Why are they suing Tesla unless they believe that Tesla was actually somewhat responsible for these deaths? So if this case, if this criminal case, and I'm, I'm jumping back and forth a little, but if this criminal case, Colin, is so hard to prove, um, again, we don't have the evidence, but if it is hard to prove, why are the DAs filing it? Why are they going forward on criminal charges against Mr. Riyadh? Well, look, Here's the thing, and and I think Russ and I probably uh, agree on this, but um, you know the current laws on the books. Maybe they're it's because they're outdated uh, and haven't caught they haven't caught up with self driving technology. But you know the rub is is that if there is a driver behind the wheel, cars an automated Tesla or not, the dri- the buck stops with the driver. Uh, a driver is responsible for anything that that car does. Right. And so, you know, the law is very clear. It, ultimately, it is up to the driver to ensure that their car is running safely and smoothly. And so they're saying, yep, we understand that Tesla was involved in this, that the car was on autopilot, but two people died. And to suggest that the driver of the car is absolved from all liability just because there was a, a feature that he was using in, in the automation of that vehicle they're not going to they're not going to buy that they want to charge criminally and i get it and and it's and it's a societal decision right. it's it's a policy decision they want deterrence they want to have people see that you can't rely on your Tesla and avoid responsibility because although it's happening not much, I mean, we talked about 26, 27 crashes, 11 deaths since 2016. That is 
that is nothing compared to the normal number of accidents out there with human right. drivers. I right. mean, that's less than, I mean, 0.001. I don't know. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of traffic fatalities and traffic accidents. So it may be much, much safer. Um, although you have to take into consideration there's a lot fewer Teslas out there. What I keep thinking of when I think about this case is that it's, it, it, we are at a moment in time right now, Russ. Because like 10 years from now, it's possible that all cars are just going to be automated, that, that all cars are going to be programmed to get a person from, a de- from one destination to another destination. It's possible that te- technology is going to advance so rapidly that we as a society decide that we actually want to embrace self-driving technology. I remember talking to uh, a friend of ours um, you know, who, who was saying, you know, insurance companies may stop insuring drivers if they don't have an autom- automated car because the, the thinking is is that automated cars might become more safer than cars that are driven by human beings and that the insurance companies are just going to get together and say we're we're just not going to insure you anymore if you're a private driver they don't have to worry about drunk drivers anymore they don't have to worry about careless drivers anymore mm-hmm. um i still think we're a ways away from that i i i feel like we are in this gray area Right. Where we have this automation, we have this technology, but we haven't quite figured out how to regulate it. Well, and that's and that's with all technology. I mean, technology is moving so friggin' fast. I mean, you have, you know, in people's lifetime, like in, in my father's lifetime, like, I don't think TVs existed. Right. You know, and suddenly in one span of one lifetime, we're suddenly on the moon. We're suddenly have, you know, superconductors. We have computers that where your phone is more powerful than the the moon landing room building full of computers. So, I mean, and and that curve is only getting steeper. So this is not new where statutory construction statutes, laws are having to play catch up. And that's going to continue to a huge degree. And that's ultimately what's going to determine this. It's going to be case law. Right. So people who are suing Tesla and judges are saying, here's liability. And it's going to be legislatures around the country who are going to say, we're actually going to impose laws that that either create that liability or not. And an interesting like those case laws, like some of the, or those those statutes, those laws, some of them still exist. Like Colorado, California, where this happened, has a law that says manufacturers are liable for selling defective products. So people can make the argument that this Tesla malfunctioned. That was a defective product. Therefore, under law, under statutes, Tesla's liable. Mm-hmm. So that stuff's going to happen more and more, and that's, that's how it's going to get determined eventually. The question is, you know, how long is it going to take these laws to be passed exactly. while these things are happening? Well, and, you know, can I just ask a question? When are we going to get our flying cars? Oh, I want to know Back that to the too. Future 2 promised us, Russ. I mean, like, come on. I want to take my Honda Civic and I want to fly it, uh, you know, to wherever I want to, to my kid's school to drop them off. I don't want to drive these pesky roads and risk getting in an accident. I mean, come on. I mean, this has been around. It's 2022. This has been around since the Jetsons, right? I mean, <laughs> like, like flying cars should be here. Where is my flying car? I want it and I want it now. Uh, art imitates life. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> or life imitates art. I think, well, I think, I think both are true. Both are true. Um, all right. Well, um, one thing it's definitely true is that it is now time for 
C O T Double 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 yo <laughs> like that? I did. Okay. Um I got one for you, Russ. I got one. I'm I'm this is my lead sentence. A Georgia man committed two burglaries very poorly. <laughs> I like it so far. All right, that's that's my little teaser. Okay. okay, so here's here's what happened. It all started. This took place in Georgia a couple of years ago. It all started when Stephanie White uh, came home from work to find someone's car was parked and running in her driveway. She was not expecting visitors. She did not recognize his car, and she also saw that her front door was ajar. Uh, this neighbor told the local news later, I just opened the car door, leaned in, turned the car door off, and picked up the wallet between the two seats and uh, immediately called the police, uh, White told WSB-TV in Georgia. Uh, the wallet contained the ID of a man named Trevor Jones. And uh, the police later told the media that uh, with no way to drive his would-be getaway car... <laughs> Uh, Jones escaped from the house. He was committing a burglary inside the house when Miss White came home, uh, and he escaped by jumping into a small lake uh, that was nearby. He was going to swim away? He, he swam away, apparently, and so far it's going good. He gets away scot-free. However, things take a turn. He then breaks into a neighboring house just up the street uh, from the White residence after his swim in the lake. He wasn't there very long and eventually left the residence. How do we know? Trevor Jones broke into this second house. Well, this second neighbor <laughs> also told the media that they came home that day to find puddles of water in their home. <laughs> and uh, this neighbor also noticed that their laptop computer had been up and powered up and had been logged into a Facebook account uh, for Trevor Jones. Wow. That's right. This guy broke into a second home sopping wet from his swim in the lake and <laughs> checked his Facebook status and forgot to log out. Uh, so uh, this, of course, led to an arrest warrant being issued for Trevor Jones for two <laughs> counts of burglary. That's what I got for you, Russ. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, where, where to start? Yeah. I mean, well, let's well, go with knuckleheads. Let's start there. Let's, let's start with the end. Why, why, he was there to burgle a house. It was a laptop. Why didn't he steal the laptop? That's, I mean, those are worth some money. That's a great question. <laughs> I would love to ask Mr. Jones. I don't, I don't have that information readily accessible. I, I, I want to know how high he was and on what, because I cannot believe that all of this stupidity was done in a sober state of mind. You know, um, well, yeah, you have a plan until you get punched in the face, right? I think Mike, that's, Mike, that's Tyson, Mike Tyson said, well, yeah, so I, I don't know where his punch <laughs> in the face came yeah, from. Maybe it was being startled by the first burglar, mm. where everything just, he just started making poor decision after poor decision. I, I, thought, I, I, I like the fact that he jumped in the lake, you know, I mean, he, and he was going to get away. Everything was going to be good. Just that second burglary is, was, you know, kind of a big mistake, man. It wasn't going to be good. He left his wallet in his running car. Yeah, he did. And he left the, the door open, and he parked in the yeah, driveway. Yeah, burglar parks in the driveway <laughs> of the house that they're robbing? I, I haven't oh, heard of that one. Man, that is just tremendous. Um, yeah. yeah, whatever your name is, if you said it, I missed it. Uh, I Mr. give you, Jones. Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, I give you a full five knuckleheads for this. Yeah, Um Five for me too, man. Uh, I mean, this is this is great. I love that he I love that he tracked in the puddles of water into the second home. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, I I'll say I am impressed that he was able to get away by swimming 
through across a lake. Right. Like that's that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Maybe maybe that owes maybe that gets him like half a knucklehead <laughs> off. Not for me. Uh, <laughs> Still gets five for me. Um again, another another case where social media was your undoing. I mean, how many of those do we have, Russ? We've seen it a million times, right? We have. We've done a podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kudos to Mr. Jones. You get five stars. Uh, you know, kudos to the state of Georgia for getting on the map with our DC. T- although I don't think this is the first Georgia appearance. Um, but anyway, I think that's all we've got for you. So we'll keep an eye on this case. Uh, again, the preliminary hearing is coming up on uh, February 23rd for Mr. Riyadh. We'll be curious what the judge decides to do in this case. And we'll know more. Mm-hmm. We'll know more. And in the meantime, um, Russ, you got anything? I don't. Everyone be safe out there. Thanks for listening and tell your friends. Rip, remember where to find us. We're, uh, you can tweet to us at Is This Legal Pod. You can find our Facebook page at Hebbets McCallan. You can drop us a line if you email us at Denver Crime Law. Uh, give us your feedback. Give us your comments. Give us your two cents about any of this. And um, who knows? Maybe you'll be a guest on our podcast someday. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to Is This Legal? See you next time.